Welcome to Girl Meets 30, a podcast exploring the unexpected journey to becoming a 30-something. Hi, I'm your host, Tara, here to share experiences from my 20s that have changed my life, while also interviewing others about their journeys. Through these conversations, I hope to inspire you to choose your best life and to prove you're not alone if you're feeling like life has taken you somewhere totally different than where you expected. In this space, we define our own success. Hey everyone, happy Monday guys. I just like to start off with the very obvious first topic, which is that I am recovering from being sick. And yeah, I think I think recovering is what you <laughs> is what you could call it at this point. I'm sure you can hear it in my voice and may also already know from Instagram if you saw my stories, but I just wanted to address that first and I wanted to say thank you for both responses on my IG story. It was split evenly between people encouraging me to rest and not worry about it and also for like powering through you got this girl kind of thing so thank you either way I appreciate it I think both were supportive one was very loving one was very encouraging so thank you I am recording this very close to the deadline because I've just not been capable of doing this prior and so I don't know it's Sunday night we'll see if I can get this out for you guys on Monday I'm trying really hard to do this with as minimal editing as possible so it may be less polished than usual but I'm giving it my best shot and I'm here for you guys so um we'll see we'll see how editing goes I'll try my best that all being said let's go ahead and jump into it okay guys quick interruption from editing Tara before we get too far into this I realized as I was listening to this that I talked very slowly throughout this podcast. Now, I do try to do that a bit just for clarity, but I feel like it's a lot worse in this episode because I'm trying so hard to make sure I get enough oxygen into my lungs each time I speak. So I just wanted to say, not that you need my permission or anything because you don't, but I will not be offended in any way if you increase the speed of this or any episode to one and a half or two times speed because I do that anyway every time I listen to a podcast. I know not everyone does this, but I just can't listen to it at normal speed. That's just how I feel personally, and I can only imagine how slow this must sound. So like I said, not that you need my permission, but I won't be one of those podcasters that calls out their listeners for increasing the speed. I just wanted to pop in to say that. And also, if you didn't know, you could change the speed of podcasts. Um, Where have you been? But also, you're welcome. Bye! Um, one more thing. I also realized that in this next segment, I forgot to mention that you guys should totally head on over to my Instagram stories today if you're listening on Monday or even part of Tuesday since I'm getting this out a little later than usual and share your gratitude and possibly be featured on next week's episode. So yeah, um, cool. Yeah, that's all. Let's get into that part now. Bye. All right, so welcome back guys. It's time for our Monday moment of gratitude. One of the major things mentioned on Instagram this past week was the snow. So several people mentioned that they were grateful for it, which I am too. Seems like snowstorms have been following me everywhere for the past month and I'm not complaining. I definitely don't mind. But due to seeing those responses, I decided that I would put one of those nice little slider poles on my IG story to ask everyone about how they were feeling about it. And that response was not nearly as positive. (laughs) So 
Um, yeah, I, I get it. I know it's not everyone's cup of tea, but it, it brings me so much joy when people share their winter love. But I understand that winter can be hard. I definitely understand that seasonal depression is real and that a lack of vitamin D can seriously affect us as well as various other factors during this time of year. But I also think that there is so much beauty in winter that just doesn't get enough appreciation. And so I'm always trying to spread my love of winter to other people. And I've recently had a few people tell me that their winter hasn't been quite as miserable because they've been influenced by the fact that I've shared my positivity about it. So I don't think that this changes their mind about their favorite season, of course. But my point is, is that we are contagious, our positivity and our negativity. So if everyone around you is complaining about winter, then what positive thoughts are you going to have about it, you know? It's obvious by now that I love taking something negative or less than ideal or maybe not everyone's favorites and just putting a positive spin on it. So when I see people spreading their winter positivity, I get all sorts of excited because I just don't think that it happens often enough. I also think that it's helpful to be around anyone that can lift you up in a situation that you're not in love with, you know? to help you find some balance. So if you don't love winter, get yourself a friend who does just to help bring a little light to the season for you. (laughs) You don't need all your friends to love winter. I mean, I'm a little biased, but no, you don't need all your friends to love winter, but a little positivity can go a long way. Just find yourself a little Lorelai Gilmore influence, you know? I feel like I identify with her so much when she just like, she smells snow and she makes everyone stop and she's like, this, this is perfection, you know? all is right in the world. Everything is perfect. That is how I feel. To me, snow is perfection. It is my happy place. I do feel like I'm contradicting myself a bit though when it comes to the whole positivity being contagious because I do not find summer joy contagious. Not in the slightest. I I just don't understand it. Lots of people seem to love summer and I think they're delusional. Sorry if that's you. It's fine if that's what you like, I guess. I just, I'll never understand you. I think it's absolute misery. I turn into the worst version of myself in summer. I'm pretty sure I likely have reverse seasonal depression, which is apparently a thing, and I probably have it. But regardless, for you guys, maybe I'll try to reframe my mindset this summer, and I'm just gonna, I'm gonna try to be more positive about it, try to find some reasons to be positive about it, because I'm very comfortable complaining about it, and... Also, I want to prove a point about winter, so I'm going to give it a go for summer for you guys. (laughs) Anyway, got a bit off topic there. Let's bring it back. Um, I also have some positivity from the week before. So this is one of the positive takeaways from a friend of mine. And unfortunately, we weren't able to get into it in the last episode, but I still wanted to bring this one up. So this one is from John and he mentioned being vaccinated and being able to finally go see his first live show in years. And for me, as somebody who really loves pretty much all forms of live entertainment, I totally get this. Like, it just feels like something's missing from life, you know? I definitely miss seeing things in person. So I get it. I definitely get it. And I'm so happy that you were finally able to go to a show and that you were able to feel confident and safe um, in that environment because of your vaccination. So good for you. Very happy for you. I think just having options like that 
is helpful in helping us to kind of somewhat feel a little bit of a return to normalcy. Obviously, we still have such a long way to go, but you know, every little bit helps and yeah, I'm, I'm very happy. So yeah, thanks so much for sharing your gratitude with us, John. As far as my moment of gratitude for the week, um, since I've been sick, my big thing is honestly just that so many people have offered to help and have checked in on me and I don't know, that's just really warmed my heart. Seriously, I love humans. Y'all are the best. But also, um, I'm really just grateful for my body and how hard it is working right now to help me feel better. It has been an incredibly rough five days and every day has been so, so different than the last. And I don't know, I just, I, I can tell that my body is actively like fighting a war against this virus. And for that, I'm very grateful. I'm also grateful for both traditional and Western medicines and practices that are helping me find any relief right now. So very happy about that. <laughs> Okay, so the purpose of today's episode is going to be focusing on redefining your relationship with failure. And then next week, I want to talk about how that relates to breaking up with perfectionism. Originally, I wanted to talk about that today, but I'm realizing that I don't think we quite have the time for that. So anyway, when it comes to redefining your relationship with failure, I first want you to just pause for a second if you can, and just think about a few questions, you know, think about what does failing or failure mean to you? What kind of emotions does that word evoke? And what experiences in your life come to mind? I think these questions can tell you a lot about your relationship with failure. For me, in recent years, I kind of decided that failure was just impossible. And I remember having a pretty intense disagreement with someone in my family who just thought that was a load of baloney. We both were very firm in our opinions where I thought that as long as you took it as a positive thing and moved forward and didn't just like give up, then you couldn't fail. But this person did not agree. So after more consideration, after our conversation, I've decided maybe they were right. Maybe failure is possible, but maybe that's not the point. And so I think this this kind of, I think this kind of blends both of our ideas pretty well. But yeah, it's possible. But the point is really how we respond to it, how we view it. And if we view it as a failure in the sense that a lot of us do, or if we view it as something positive, something to keep moving forward from. See, my mentality about failure has been a lot like that of regret, which I mentioned in a previous episode. I don't think that either of these things have to exist in the way that they are commonly looked at, as long as we can see them as growth opportunities or something positive. You know, then they are simply a stepping stone on the way to becoming our best selves or on the way to creating our best product or book or project or whatever it is. And then we can embrace the failures and the regrets because they're teaching us something. Progress is the most important thing, in my opinion. At least that's how I see it. I feel like you can look at so many quote-unquote successful people and see how they don't hide from failure. Instead, it's like they seek it out because they know that it helps them along the way. I once heard Elon Musk talking about the failure culture of Silicon Valley and it seems like it's just normal there. Like, they understand that it's part of the growth process. 
it's not abnormal for people to start a handful of businesses and have them all fail before finding one that works. And while we, we don't all have the money to fail at starting a business that many times, I think the concept is still important. Great things come when you press on, you know, when you keep going, when you learn from your failures, when you don't let them define you. I think you're more defined by your failures if you let them stop you because then that was kind of that end point and then it hurts and there's that reminder that you didn't keep going or that you didn't succeed and I think it affects how you see yourself and how others see you or at least how you think others see you. But if you try again or redirect your energy because it taught you something that you needed to know, then you're proving to yourself that you aren't a failure but instead you're resilient and you're strong and I just think that that builds your own belief in yourself so much to the point that I think it's invaluable. I feel like that can have such a massive impact on your future, on your relationships, your mental health, how you see yourself. I mean, these are these are really important things. You know, not only that, but I feel like if you try something, you fail and give up, then you start to feel really discouraged when you're faced with new opportunities in the future. I don't know. I feel like if you do that, then it, it makes you less likely to to reach for those things because you feel so discouraged, you know? I feel like you start to lose whatever belief that you had in yourself and then we might really start to wear our failures as part of our identity and then just never really feel good enough. I feel like it somehow just cements that idea in our heads, that little nagging idea in the back of our minds that's telling us that we don't have what it takes, that we aren't good enough. And so when we fail and we stop, it somehow cements that idea in our heads that nagging idea in the back of our minds that's telling us that we're not good enough, that we don't have what it takes. And so when you fail and you don't get back up and keep trying, it just makes you believe that even stronger. I feel like then failure or or the idea, the potential of failing becomes this really scary thing because you know that you can just lose so much of yourself each time that you don't succeed in the way that you wanted to. So is failure possible? Yeah, I mean it is 100%, but it doesn't have to mean that you're done and that that's who you are and that there's no way of coming back. I feel like in fact I encourage you to look at it the opposite way, to look at it as an opportunity for growth, to reframe that approach because it can be the fuel to help you come back stronger and to be even better because this time you have some experience to learn from. You have knowledge that you can apply to be better and you know it didn't work. I feel like you can apply that to what you're currently doing or you can even use that to recognize that, hey, this isn't working for this, but maybe it inspires you somewhere else if you let it, you know? And I feel like even if you do switch directions, I feel like that's not failure either. It's helped teach you something different, something that you needed to know in order to direct yourself on a better, clearer path for you that's going to get you where you're meant to end up. But I think that it's all about how you look at it. If you don't look at it that way, then it's just going to get you down and you're going to feel worse. And it's going to keep you from wanting to try again in the future at anything, anything that might seem like you could fail. I feel like there are so many positive ways for us to spin our failures and our setbacks. So just, you know, try to make sure that you're taking a step back and you're asking yourself when something doesn't go right, like what worked, what didn't work, what can I take from this experience and, and apply it to this or that or, you know, something in the same field, something in a different field. How can I use this information to help me, to make me better, to make this better? Because this is just part of the process. Nothing is ever perfect the first time or the hundredth. <laughs> so just enjoy the journey and be open to getting better each time and recognizing that you should be proud of yourself for that. 
I think you'll find that pride in yourself growing as well as your your confidence and your self-image. I feel like you'll feel so much more invincible if you can build a positive association with failure. Honestly, I think this is one of the major things that helped me relieve a lot of my anxiety in my 20s. You know, failure was something that I feared regularly, or constantly, rather. It kept me from ever really doing anything for fun or taking any chances. And while I still have anxious thoughts from time to time, it was pretty soon after I started stepping out of my comfort zone that my anxiety had stopped running my life. I used to try to understand why that was, and I couldn't really put my finger on it. I remember people asking and me trying to offer advice and just not really understanding why, but knowing that it kind of went away. I mean, it's not gone. Like I said, I still have anxious thoughts, but I can honestly say I have anxious thoughts rather than saying I have anxiety because before it felt paralyzing, you know, it just felt like it controlled me. And it especially didn't make sense because I was easily doing more things that should have given me lots of anxiety, more anxiety than ever before, but I didn't feel as controlled by it the way that I had before. So like I said, it's taken me a long time to kind of realize this, but I think that it really had a lot to do with how I viewed failure. I began to confront situations and and seek out situations that had greater potential for failure than I had ever done before. And I think in doing that, I just started to reframe how I looked at failure because I quickly started to experience the positives that came with it. And so while it scared the crap out of me, like I said in previous episodes, that growth became addictive and it was something that I really wanted. And so it was good to go after something that I might fail at that might mean that I could learn and grow because that's what I ultimately ended up wanting. I started to view it as something that was lucky. I was lucky to have the opportunity to learn and better myself and that definitely excited me to try new things. And look, it's not like you're guaranteed to fail every time that you try something new and I'm not saying that we should strive for failure but I'm just saying that it's definitely important to get comfortable with failure and to start to look at it as something that you can learn from and get something positive out of it because otherwise we run away from anything that might make us feel like we could fail or as soon as we do fail we like give up and we never reach our potential and so I just feel like it's important to understand that failure is actually a fantastic teacher and when you start to really recognize the power of failure well the positive power of failure because we all know the negative power of failure but I feel like recognizing that is just a major way of helping you not let the fear of failure keep you from achieving whatever your beautiful brain can dream up. I think being content in one way is such a beautiful thing and props to everyone who's just like super content and happy with where they're at. But I also think that there is a large number of us who just don't try because we're afraid. And so that's what I'm really trying to talk about today, I guess. Not to mention that your success story is just going to be so much greater when you've had those experiences and hurdles and obstacles, you know, along the way. Nobody likes to hear the super easy stories or everything was just a piece of cake. I mean, think about movies and books. We love to see people struggle a little bit because then in the end, their success is just so much more triumphant. We have this deep feeling of happiness and satisfaction when someone can overcome something. It makes for a really good story. 
and we just root for them and we want them to achieve great things. So when they do finally accomplish something great, I mean, one, we kind of expected it, right? Because it'd be a pretty crappy story if everything just ended in negativity, right? But we want to see them accomplish something great. And you know, I was watching this YouTuber, Jake Frew. If anyone watches him, I think he's absolutely fantastic. But he was offering some advice in one of his videos, and he said to view your life as a book or a movie. And that reminded me of that quote that I posted on Instagram last week, which was a quote from The Holiday. Kate Winslet's character, Iris, says, you're supposed to be the leading lady of your own life, for God's sake. And when I first posted that, I was really to it in a way that so often a lot of us seem to just take the supporting role in our own lives. We never really prioritize ourselves and we seem to live our lives for other people's growth and other people's success and other people's happiness. But it's important to remember that this is your life and you deserve to have that lead role. You should take the lead role in your own life. But I also started to think about its connection to Jake's advice, which was about being the main character of your book or movie in the sense that when we watch and read these stories, we enjoy seeing the journey, not just the easy parts, but the hard parts too. These parts help us understand the character more. They help us love the character. They help us really strengthen that connection that we have and how badly we want them to succeed. We really support that character and we are invested in them. So why don't we do this for our own selves? Our own selves. Why can't we be invested in our own selves and our own happiness and our own story? Why can't we imagine ourselves in a book or a movie? We wouldn't want ourselves to just give up. We'd be rooting for ourselves to grow and get better and take those chances because we expect that happy ending, you know? We expect something good to come from it. I think so much of us just let ourselves get beat down by society over the years that we that we don't expect something good to come from it. So I don't know, maybe take some advice from Jake. View yourself in your movie or book and let that help you root for yourself in the face of failures. Keep getting back up and learning because the turning point of your story is coming. Alright you guys, that just about wraps up this week's episode. I did say this before, but I had intentions of talking about breaking up with perfectionism, but instead, that's what you can expect to hear about next week as we are running out of time today. But that's definitely something I had to deal with on my own journey, and I'm just excited to share my thoughts on that in case it helps anyone else who may be able to relate to that. Not to mention that right now the brain fog is super real, so I'm just hoping that everything I've said so far makes sense. I've tried really hard to plan all of this during the higher points of my recovery, but they didn't last very long, so I guess we'll see. Anyway, I'd love to hear your thoughts about failure or anything else that I mentioned in today's episode. I'll also be posting some questions on my Instagram soon to find out what kind of content is your favorite to consume, who some of your favorite influencers are, what are you tuning into this to find out, and what are you most excited to hear about from me? So personally, I love sharing my stories, spreading positivity and encouragement to others, but I'm also open to talking about other aspects of my life as well. Those of you who know me know that I'm pretty big into the environment, making zero waste swaps in my life, traveling and learning languages, building passive income, as a creator. I love holistic health and wellness and also creating digital art forms like planners, sticker sets, typefaces, and various other things. So if there's anything that you'd like to hear more about, definitely let me know. I am more than happy to share. But that's all for now. So everyone keep kicking butt at life and I will chat with you guys next week.
Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Girl Meets 30. If you're looking for more ways to engage in these discussions about growing ourselves through this chaotic, beautiful mess we call life, then come join the conversation on Instagram. You can find me at girlmeets30. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, please give it a five-star rating and a follow on your preferred listening platform. Thanks again for your support, and I'll catch you guys next week.